Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and we are here with a new season of Toe the Other Way. This is actually very exciting because I think this season is going to be so good. So good. I have so much notes on Brandon and Mary, who will be the first couple we talk about. But I'm just going to say right off the bat, guys, this is going to be a long, long episode because I have so much to say. Um, And I don't know if they're going to keep with the two-hour episodes. As we know, The Last Resort is going to be coming in a month. So I don't know if they're going to keep with the two-hour episodes for the next few episodes. But, I mean, (laughs) I'm here for the two hours if this is the energy they're going to be serving us. Um, It's going to be a lot for podcasting purposes. (laughs) But, I mean, usually there is always at least one episode in a week that is about two hours is going to be this one (laughs) because V90 is only an hour and a half. So it's going to be this one. (laughs) So yeah. So before we get into it again, just want to say you will get an episode this week of Bachelorette, which just finished watching it and I'm recording on a Wednesday right now. That's pretty good. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Recording on a Thursday, not on Wednesday. So was pretty good, so, but you will be getting that this week, and then next week you will not get a Bachelorette. We will cover both episodes the following week, um, but next week we are going to have UK, so that's what we're going to be getting. Hopefully that's going to be just as good. So I don't have any hot goss for this episode all of that was in the B90 episode, which you got yesterday, uh, Wednesday. But we are going to go into some 90-day memes heard around the world for Toe, the Toe edition. Um, so again, with this, as we do with the B90 episodes, I won't be reading every single one that I have, although I don't have a lot for this for, for this episode, but all of them will be posted on Facebook and Instagram. So, meme number one. Imagine being told by your girlfriend who lives on another continent, tells you you can't hang with your mom. And if you know, you know, if you watch this episode, you know exactly who that is referring to. And like I said, we will be jumping right into them. But after this, meme number two, I don't think Mary's friends are trying to get with her. Brandon should not be jealous. (laughs) Yeah. Meme number three. Taking notes on Kenny's skincare advice because ain't no way he is 60. I have been saying this 
The first time Kenny blessed my screen, I said, there's no way you're, I think he was 56 in the beginning when he first came on the show. There's no way now. <laughs> he looks, he looks incredible. He really does. But that is the end of the 90 day memes for Toe. And we're just going to jump right into the episode. So Toe, season five, episode one, Far Trek, The Next Generation. So again, if you listen to the B90 episode, and we talked about the fact that the titles of those episodes are rom-coms, we'll see how this goes with the next few episodes, but I think there's a sci-fi trend going on with these titles. So Brandon and Mary, like I said, we're going to jump right into it. And like I said, I have so much to say. So much. So we see Brandon taking his pants off. And you're thinking, and they're playing like the sexy music. And you're thinking, what is happening here? Why is this man taking his pants off on camera? But we find out that he's plopping himself onto the toilet. And he's going to be taking a poop. With his girlfriend watching him. And she actually says to him, have a nice poop. What the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) Right off the bat, what the fuck? I'm, no. (laughs) No. Okay. Um, So he tells us that he is... 23 years old, and he lives in, well, Oregon. He lives in Oregon. And he is with his girlfriend, Mary, who is also 23, and she lives in the Philippines. So we go back to the bathroom scene, and he's pretending to make straining noises. Oh, what is the fuck? So he tells us that he is on video call with Mary 24-7-365. He is everything he does. And we'll see as we go through their scenes, everything he does, he is on video call with her. He says that it doesn't bother him. Good for you. Because that shit's not happening for me. But it doesn't bother him, he says. He says that they do everything. He'll he'll do everything with the phone. Even go as far as to go in the shower with their phones. How fucking desperate can you be to have to be on the phone with your significant other. And like he says as well, he mentions that they also have phone sex. Well, how else? That's that's not the issue here. The issue is, is that you literally have to do everything with her on the phone. 
and vice versa. So we see him, I guess in a clip or something, watching her sleep. And she said, and he says, you look so beautiful while you sleep. Fucking. Um, okay. So I literally wrote a note that says, why did we need to see the inside of the toilet? Because he, they show, they demonstrate him flushing the toilet. See what's her face from love and paradise. Even places in the States have to put water down the toilet. So he puts water down the toilet. Then he flushes the toilet with his foot. There's like a foot flusher thing on the floor near the floor of the toilet. And we, the camera guy actually has to put the camera into the fucking bowl so we can see the inside of the bowl. I don't need to see the inside of the bowl, sir. What if there was still shit in the bowl? I didn't need to see that. Anyway. (laughs) So... He tells us that he lives in an RV that is parked in front of his godparents' home. He says in order to not pay rent, he helps with chores around the house for them. Which, guys, guess what? You guessed right. He also does while he's on the phone with Mary. How is that fucking efficient? He basically has like a tripod that he's just puts on a table and does his chores while while she's sleeping okay like she's asleep and he just plops plops it you think she does the same for him we'll get there so um he tells us that he used to live with his mom and his two half siblings But his mom ended up testing positive for drugs. I don't think he tells exactly what drugs it was. Even if he knows, I don't know if he knows. But she did end up testing positive for drugs in her system. And he had to move in with his dad when he was 15. And his two half-siblings, a sister and a brother, had to go into foster care. And his father that we actually learn a little later is was actually in a different state so he tells us that while living with his dad his dad was very hard on him very strict he didn't really like living with his father and when he turned 18 he moved away and went back home So when he went back to Oregon, he tells us that he did hop around a lot while there. And then his godparents said, come live with us. And that's kind of basically how he got into the living situation he's currently in. And then in terms of his relationship past, he tells us that he was with someone I believe he mentioned how long he was with her. I think it was maybe two, after two or four years, he was with that person. And he ended up finding out that his ex-girlfriend cheated on him and he was going through a really bad breakup. And that's 
basically he went on a dating website. I don't know what type of dating website, but who cares? He went on a dating website and that's where he met Mary. He thought that she was way out of his league, but she basically talked to him for five days straight kind of thing. And he's like, oh my God, like this is for real. And he says that he, it doesn't matter where she was from. He fell in love with her as a person, which is great to hear. And he says that, you know, she's so great. She's so smart. She was top of her class uh, in terms of her grades. She was in a dance club as well. And he says that she gives to charities and she also teaches kids about the Bible in church. So we're thinking, okay, she seems like a really great girl. And you guys seem like you will be real happy. Hold on to that. So um, he tells us that they are basically obsessed with each other. Let me repeat that. They are obsessed with each other. So when I heard him say he's they're basically obsessed, and I'm like, oh, so this is a toxic relationship. Because you can, I don't want to say you can't be obsessed with your partner, but there should be a healthy balance with with that. Because I mean, to a degree, I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with my with my partner, but in a sense, I guess I am. But there also is like this healthy balance of things. Like he has his things going on. I have my things going on. We don't have to talk every minute of every day. But at the end of the day, like we are always making sure we have time for each other. That's fine. That's healthy. What these two people are doing is not healthy. So when I hear you're obsessed and then you are on the phone with her 24 seven, I'm thinking, okay, so there's an obsession here and that's going to, that's a problem. So he then says that they have sent each other like their shirts that they've worn like all day, sweating and all this. And they've sent those back and back to each other. And he says that either she will wear his shirt or she will use his shirt as like a pillowcase. And I said, couldn't you just like spray some cologne on your shirt or something? Let it sit in it for a while. Don't wash it and then give it to her. There's better ways. I don't know about smelling my man's BO. I don't want that. I don't need that. Anyway. So he then tells us that she has eight tattoos and three of them have some sort of likeness to him, whether it's his name or something about him. If you see, if you saw the show, if you watch the show and you saw when we see her, because we do see her in the Philippines in this episode, if you looked at the fact that she was wearing these shorts and just right at the, the, like the, the seam of the shorts on one leg, she literally has his name on her thigh. Literally has his name. What if he doesn't work out? How are you going to explain that? Oh, she has an explanation, actually. We'll get there. (laughs) He 
then mentions to her in a video call that he hopes that when he gets to the Philippines, that they will fight less. So here's where, again, we saw the cracks very quickly with these two. Apparently, they will fight every day because she does not want him talking to a woman. It doesn't matter who the woman is or why he may be talking to this woman. She doesn't want him talking to a woman. And this, this will also come back as well. So he basically also says that he could walk into a grocery store and maybe needs to interact with a woman and she gets mad. That isn't fucking normal. And this is when I literally thought to myself, so these are basically two children, two immature children trying to play house with each other. And guess what? This shit isn't going to work. This isn't, this isn't normal. We do find out maybe her motivations for it, but that still doesn't justify you doing what you're doing because this gets really fucked up really quickly. As I've mentioned in the meme that I mentioned in the beginning, there's a reason why one of those memes were what they were. So she ends up saying to him, well, it's your fault because he is too friendly when he talks to women. Okay, so you're going to push the blame onto him for you reacting like you have no sense. That makes sense. If at 23 years old, you already are figuring out how you gaslight somebody, then you shouldn't be in a relationship with anybody. And if this is what you do because of what you've dealt with, as we find out later, then you need to get the help that you need before trying to be in a committed relationship with somebody. And then she also then justifies her reasonings for saying what she said by saying that every relationship has fights and you can't avoid them. And yes, sure. Yes, every relationship has, I wouldn't call them necessarily fights because for me, Maybe it's missing, but for me, I feel like there are levels, okay? You might have, you might bicker back and forth, or you might have a disagreement, or you might have an argument, but then fights are those back and forth screaming matches that no one is being productive in. That's not normal. So next, we... See, Brandon is going to be going to the dentist before he goes to the Philippines so he can get his teeth cleaned. And of course, Mary's coming along. And he then tells us, and again, I feel like he's trying to make excuses for the way she is. He likes her being obsessive with him because I guess it makes him feel like she cares and all that. And I'm like, no. None of this is okay. So he gets to the dentist's office 
And Mary says to him, like, who's going to be cleaning your teeth? And he's like, I don't know. Well, Audrey. Audrey has come to the podium and she's going to be the one who's going to be cleaning your teeth, sir. Who's a woman, by the way. Who's actually a very pretty woman. And I don't know how old she is, but she's fairly close to age with him. So he says that Mary would prefer that he never interacts with any woman. Doesn't matter who the woman is or what capacity he needs to talk to this woman. It doesn't matter. In a perfect world for Mary, he wouldn't talk to any woman. So he does say to Audrey, is it okay that I put like my girlfriend here somewhere so she can kind of see everything? And she's like, sure. And she says, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you don't usually see that. Yeah, no, we don't usually see that. So Audrey then asks, how long have they been dating? And whether or not it is his first love. He says, no, it has not been his, it's not his first love. And y'all, Mary has a full-blown meltdown. Full-blown meltdown. So Audrey leaves the room saying she's going to have the, I guess the dentist look at his x-rays. And he sees, I guess, or here she's crying. And he says, like, why are you crying? And... She tells him that you told me I was your first love. And he says, well, wait, she didn't mean like whether or not you're my first love. She's basically saying like, you know, if whether or not I've dated someone before. No, you motherfucker. You know, that's not what she said. If she said if whether or not you've been with somebody, who asked, first of all, A, who asked that question? Who has had any of these questions, honestly, unless producers prompted this, but um you know she meant is this your first love, not whether or not you dated someone before. And my thing is, even if, even if he said to you, Yes, you're my first love, he was lying to you. He was with his ex-girlfriend for quite some time. And Yes, it ended badly with cheating, but he probably had some love for her. Even if he thinks that it's not to the level it is with you, but he did love somebody before. It is not, it it doesn't make sense for her to think he has potentially never loved someone before. It's so stupid. So, He basically then says that he feels bad, that he hurts her, he doesn't want to hurt her, blah, blah, blah. Moving on. But actually not moving on because I'm going to say this part. He does say that he thinks that he deserves trust from her. We'll get there because trust me, she's problematic, but so is he. So we're going to get to it now. So... Now we're in the Philippines with Mary, and we see her riding on the back of a caribou, I believe it's caribou, caribou, whatever. It's a water buffalo. We 
we see her riding on the back of the water buffalo and she tells us that she lives in kind of like a farmland and it's very peaceful um and she really does like that and then we see Brandon on the phone on her end it's like okay we're meeting her now and it's like we don't want to see like you guys are on the same country yet. I don't want to see you two together right now. Like, you know, but anyway, she tells us that she lives with her grandparents and her older brother, who she, he lives with his girlfriend and he has, I think, two kids with his girlfriend. So she tells us that her typical day usually consists of doing chores or going to do laundry. We try to go do laundry at, I don't know if it's like a lake or a river. I think it's probably more of like a river. They do the laundry there. And she also helps with her nieces. And she says that's very important to her because when she was eight months old, her parents left her and her brother with her grandparents, just dropped these kids off and dipped and never came back. That's fucked up. I'm going to say this right now. If you don't want to be parents, don't have children. Just don't. There are ways to prevent it if you don't want that. I'm all for that. Do what you got to do. Just don't have children to then break their hearts if you leave. That's that's what I'm getting at. Because the, and even though she was so young, she knows she was abandoned. And she now is dealing with abandonment issues. Very clearly, she's dealing with abandonment issues. We see how she's treating her current relationship. And I'd be very curious to see how she handled her previous relationship. It breaks my heart when I see, hear these things. And I'm like, how can you do that? Or at least not have some explanation. Or at least not show your face to your child at some point. Like, it just... I don't know. Okay, so he says that he's going to be going to bed and he asks her to dance for him so he'll sleep better find a way to make you sleep better and it's not that hit to the head anyway she she just said when she was in school and i think she was referring to college she was in a competitive dance group And she also modeled. And they show some of her modeling pictures and she looked great. And she tells us that everything was going very well for her except when it came to her love life. And we find out here that her ex-boyfriend cheated on her. And she ended up going on the same dating website that Brandon was on. And she was trying to find an American man because she loves Harry Potter and Bieber. Okay, so the producers say Harry Potter is British. Okay, producers, not only is Harry Potter British, okay, Justin Bieber is Canadian. He's from Stratford, Ontario. He's not American. <laughs> she basically says she wants an American man, but she doesn't name an American. So she tells us that they refer to people from England and people from Canada as American. They kind of all just group that together. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. 
But once she said that, once she said that, he, I think he looks more like Harry Potter than Justin Bieber, but I see it. And now I can't unsee it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then she tells us that it was her idea to be on the phone all the time because she loves him and she doesn't want to lose him. Again, these two are very problematic and probably should not be in a relationship with anybody, with anyone. Um, but she does tell us that from time to time, she will unplug the router and then close down, which I don't understand why she does that. Why not just, well, I guess if she leaves her phone there, and I guess if the router's unplugged, like it won't even go through. I'm not sure. Um, just from ex- just from my experience with my ex, who now currently lives in a different country, it was very similar as well. If he didn't have any any Wi-Fi or anything and he didn't have data because you have to load data onto the phone you're not getting through to him so maybe it's similar to that so she will unplug the router and then end the call and then and she'll go see her friends and she tells us that the reason she does this is because he gets jealous when she sees her friends because her friends are guys And then I said, when I saw these guys, I thought, why is he jealous? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I do feel that at least one of them may not be interested in her and maybe more interested in Brandon. (laughs) I don't know about the other two, but at least one of them. Maybe two. (laughs) Maybe two because of what that one says. And I'll get to that in a minute. So she tells her friends that he's going to be there soon. I think he's going to be there in just a little over two weeks. And they say, oh, like, what are you going to do when he gets there? And she says she's going to hug him. And I'm like, just a hug? Maybe something else. But we then find out in this moment that she has never been, she's never had sex with anybody. She is a virgin because of the fact that she was raised Catholic. And this is why that she has decided to stay a virgin. So the one friend who was sitting beside her I think his name was Pudding? Pudding? I don't know. Um, He says, this is why I think a straight man wouldn't say this. He says, Americans, you know what we say about Americans? They apparently have big hearts, he said. No, he meant dick. He meant dick. And I said to myself, says who? I've never heard of American men, or maybe we'll say um, North American men, necessarily being known for having big dicks. 
I've never heard that. <laughs> but, and again, it's hard to, to really say that because I, America is some of a melting pot. Canada is a melting pot. We have all kinds of different people here. So there could be people who maybe are from a country that's more statistically smaller dicks. <laughs> or you have people from countries that are statistically more larger dicks. So I just, I didn't quite understand that comment. I've never heard anyone say that before. <laughs> so it's like, okay, great. <laughs> um, and she says, because of this, she is scared to have sex with him. And I said, honey, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But then again, how do I know? Because I'm sure she has seen things. Thing. So maybe she has every right to be a little afraid. I don't know. She says that she doesn't know how much she'll see her friends once he gets there. Because of his jealousy. And then we find out that she stopped dancing because she had a partner who was male, who she danced with. He got jealous. So she stopped dancing. And because of the fact that she stopped dancing, she lost her scholarship and had to drop out of school. What the fuck? Because she says she's okay with it. As long as it meant that she doesn't lose him. Have more fucking pride in yourself than to let a man tell you what you can and cannot do. I, I'm sorry. I, I know everyone handles things differently and handles relationships differently. Sometimes there are people who are in situations that they have no choice. So I know I'm coming from a point, a place where... I'm fortunate enough that I can say something like this, but it's so hard to wrap my mind around the fact that this young girl who had her life ahead of her, who also lives in another fucking country than him, couldn't say to him, fuck you, dude, I am not going to stop dancing because the dancing is paying my way through school. It just... I don't understand. And the thing is, is did she tell him this and he still didn't care? Because I, I want more information about this. I want to know if he knew, honestly. Sean Robertson better have the questions ready to go because I want to know if he knew. Because if he knew, that makes you even more garbage than I think you might be. I, I will say that because the thing is, is that he should understand, especially in in the States, again, I'm coming from a Canadian perspective, so I don't really know, but if I feel like a lot of people really need these scholarships to go through, to get through school. And without them, some people can't even afford to go to school. So for him to tell her, you need to stop doing that because I don't like that your partner is a man. And then because of it, she loses her education. And now she has an issue being home all the time because of it. Fuck him is what I would say. 
I say, oh, you have a problem with me dancing with a guy who I may not, I'm probably not interested in, who gives a shit what he thinks. I'm probably not interested in him. So if you can't trust that I can be trusted, then fuck you, we're done. Have a little bit more confidence in yourself. You don't need a man to make you feel better. This is not Jerry Maguire. I don't need a man to complete me. I just don't. I just don't. I know it was the other way around, but still. So then we also find out because of this, um, or not because of this, on top of this, she also stopped modeling because his photos made him uncomfortable and also made him feel jealous as well. Sorry, I just had to take a little pause there. So hopefully I'm not skipping over anything or I'm not finishing a thought here. But yes, she had to stop modeling because he, her pictures made him jealous and he didn't want people looking at her, I guess. Um, She tells us that she felt like she had to give this up so that, again, she wouldn't lose him. I have put my thoughts out already about how I feel about that. Okay, so her friend tells her that he feels like there is no love or trust, and he says very well that you can't have love without trust. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and she says that she does love him and that she feels like he loves her. Okay. And then she tells us, so here's her solution. If this doesn't work out and she has his name tattooed on her, she says that if this relationship doesn't work out, she will become a nun and give herself to God. So ma'am, so ma'am, you're basically telling me in your first 23 years of life and let's say your second boyfriend that if this doesn't work out, you're going to give up and give yourself to God, which is fine. Give yourself to God if that's what you want to do. I'm not judging that. That's perfectly fine. I'm judging your reasons. <laughs> judging your reasons for wanting to do that. I have been in God knows how many relationships since I started dating at the tender age of 14, let's say. And I am now early 30s. I don't want to give away my age. But let's say I'm, you know, in my early 30s. And I have just now figured it out. Just now figured it out. And have someone that I love and trust in my corner. Do you know how much heartbreak I had to go through in order to get that. And you live and you learn in your relationships. You learn what you want, what you don't want, what you like, what you don't like, and what you will not tolerate. And you don't figure that out at 23. I did not know shit about shit at 23. And I had the nerve to get married in less than a year from that point. And not to say that I didn't love my ex and we didn't have a good relationship, but trust me when I say he really wasn't the person I was supposed to be with. 
He was meant to be in my life in that capacity for a short time, not a long time. And I understand feeling like you want to give up on everything, but don't. Don't. You're going to sell yourself so short if this does. And guess what? It's probably not going to work out. Based on what we see right now, it's definitely not going to work out. But there was always a chance that this wouldn't work out because you're still so young, both of you. Your brains haven't fully developed yet. And it's kind of once the brain fully develops and then you're like, you get the, the light bulb in your head and you haven't had that yet. Uh, anyway, but again, if you want to give yourself up to God, that's fine. So the next scene, we're back with Brandon and he is waiting for his mom and his sister and brother to come. They're going to have, I guess, dinner together. And of course, Mary is also going to be joining via video call and they get there, they show up and she, um, his mom ends up telling us that she is sober. She's in a better place and she has been sober for just a year, but that's amazing. Anything any little bit, um, which is why I hate that this woman is going through the stress right now with him and this relationship. But at the same time, I totally get it. You're, you know, at the end of the day, you're a mama and you're going to protect your cubs. And that's what she's trying to do. Um, I don't fault her for that. I just, I hate that she has to go through all of this. This is not good for her sobriety by any means. Um, I think it's her, his sister says, like, can she hear us? And he says, yeah, but she's muted. And the reason that she is muted is because his family and her don't get along. They're about to find out why. Um, she does wave hello to them, though, so that's great. And we find out that his sister has no respect for Mary. And we do find out very soon after why she has no respect for Mary. So we find out because he says to them, you know, thank you for coming. And, you know, because I, I can't go over to your house. So you're trying to tell me that Mary has forbid you from going to your mother's house because there's women there? Because she has roommates? Oh, but wait, there's more. There's more of an issue here than just the fact that there's female roommates. But this is what we are first told. And he tells his sister that she's like this because of the fact that she was cheated on. And her sister says, okay, I get that. Um, is she trying to fix herself or is she going to be a bitch? <laughs> for all eternity. And he says, well, I wouldn't say she's really working on it, but when I get there, you know, things will get better. 
Okay. In what a fucking universe, sir. But anyways, his mother then says that their relationship has not grown into something beautiful. So shots have been fired by mom. (laughs) And of course he says that he disagrees with this, but you know, in reality, sir, it hasn't. And that's what his mom says. It's like, it just hasn't. You can't build on, on a relationship that is full of toxicity and distrust and this obsessiveness on both both parts, honestly. It's just, just yeah. Um, she says, again, I kind of said this, but she kind of says, like, you're building this foundation between you guys that is based on distrust and jealousy, which, yes, it is. He says that every relationship has just a little bit of jealousy in it. No. Brandon, you are confusing jealousy with... mm, I don't even want to say territorial because that doesn't sound great either but something kind of like that i think it's okay to say what's mine is mine and i'm not sharing don't look at what's not yours kind of thing but you still have to have a level of trust with your partner and know that sure you might catch someone's eye or you might think someone's cute but you wouldn't take it any further than that that's okay. There should be that trust there. This, this is not what that is. <sighs> but um, his mom then says that it's starting to, the relationship dynamic is starting to spill into the family dynamic. And we find out that he can't see his mom. Because of these female roommates, he can't spend time with his sister because she's also a female. Let me repeat. She's a female. She's his sister. You sick bitch. She is his sister. But then on top of that, she also might have female friends who might come over. So his sister to let everyone know who didn't watch the episode. She's 16 years old. Brandon's 23, as we've mentioned. I'm going to assume that any friends that she's bringing around are going to be around her age, aka underage. So if Brandon is going to potentially start flirting or get involved with his sister's friends, then honey, we have more problems to deal with than him potentially cheating on you with somebody. We now have pedophilia to mix into this whole thing like she's not thinking she's really not and i don't know how they do things maybe you know this isn't frowned upon in 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 the philippines um not to you know that's a whole other conversation that i'm not going to get into but if that is the case though and that is frowned upon you're not thinking So, we can 
see that Mary is starting to cry and he immediately, it's like he doesn't fucking hear what they're saying to him. He immediately zeroes in on she's crying. And he says, are you okay? She says nothing. And he says, you got to talk to me. I need to know how you're feeling. No, you need to listen to your family. This gets worse. He's an asshole. So um, he then says to them, okay, well, so now Mary's upset and crying over what you said. I don't give a shit. If he told me this and I'm like either his mom or his sister or whatever, I like, and I'm supposed to give a shit about her feelings. She doesn't give a shit about mine. Fuck you and her. It's basically what I would say. And his mother says that what they said is valid. And then his brother, his brother has not said much, but his brother then says, I feel like you have chosen her over your family and I miss my brother. My heart broke in this moment when he said that. He has not to spend time with his brother. His sister also says, you shouldn't be willing to throw us away just because she wants you to. And then, and then, this is when he got the asshole card. He, this absolute and i wrote in my notes dipshit then says let's cut the bullcrap bullcrap and says that he hasn't been in their life all of their life you motherfucker you're literally going to throw that in their fucking face like they had a fucking choice And then not only that, you're then going to throw it in your mother's face because she did have the choice and she made the wrong choice. And she's trying to better herself for not only her two underage children, but for you as well. You motherfucker. And you're going to do that because this bitch who's in a different country, who's in a different continent, who you don't even know is telling you you can't be in their lives. So I literally thought in this moment, you're both garbage. I hate you both. (laughs) And I don't like you. I don't. I don't like them. I don't like either of them. They're horrible. And they should, I guess maybe at the end of this, I thought you two deserve each other. Maybe. I, I don't know. I was just floored when he said that. Absolutely floored. But wait, it gets just a teeny tiny bit more worse. So his sister says that I was really ready to be fully supportive of their relationship before it got personal. And then you start to lean in and say, how personal? Girl, what happened? How personal? So she says that at Christmas, Christmas Day, he had to leave because God forbid he was making food with his sister and Mary got mad. This is a woman 
or I use woman very loosely, who says she wants to give herself to God if this doesn't work out and that you're Catholic and all of this shit, this is not, this is not godly of you. This is, this isn't. God would not approve of any of this shit that you are doing right now. I was very shocked by all of this. So his mom then says that she cannot have you to herself 24-7 and says that she is toxic. Then Mary has the fucking nerve to unmute herself and say, tell your family that I'm not the toxic one. You are, though. You both are. That's the thing. She doesn't seem to realize, yes, you're toxic. And yes, he is toxic as well. But you're both toxic. <laughs> she, her mom, his mom says that she's just looking out for her, for herself and her interests. And he says that he's still going to go. And his mom says that, or she's afraid that I should say, that he'll go there and then not come back. And he says, no, that's not going to happen. I don't buy that for a minute. And so she, his mom says that Mary has prevented her from having a relationship with him and rebuilding a relationship with him and that she has been working so hard to get better and she will be damned if mary gets in the way of that and i said good for you mama because this woman this child shouldn't be getting in the way of her relationship with her son and should not be getting in the way of his relationships with his siblings either and it's really sad to see that they are both just putting themselves into a really toxic situation and they are not willing to take loss on it because they're just, they're messy. But that's the end of the Brandon and Mary segment. And like I said, I knew it was going to be really long. I don't even know how many pages I just read right now. I think like close to 10. <laughs> it was a lot, but yeah, that's the end of Mary and, and Brandon. So now we are with Holly and Wayne. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was not expecting this. You guys. I was not. <laughs> um, but we see this woman with long hair and she tells us that she loves fairy tales and she starts talking about Rapunzel and how that story intrigued her with the fact that she tells us the original story of, you know, she cried in the prince's eyes and then, you know, his sight came back and all that. Um, so... She then tells us that she also thinks that her hair currently is about 70 inches long. 
Okay. <laughs> but she says that she will cut her hair if she needs to. Like if it's not healthy, she will do that. So that's good to know. Um, so she tells us that she is 44 and she lives in Ogden, Utah. And she's originally from Arizona. She's a barber. And she tells us that she like has all like the certification she needs to have, all of that stuff. Um, that she used to do women's hair for two weeks and said, fuck this amount and became a barber. <laughs> she says that women complain, and that's why she didn't want to do it. She starts talking to the client that's in her chair about his life and he tells us or tells her that he is just out of a relationship um and she tells she tells us that she has a severe case of ADHD um and we kind of will see a little bit of this, but she does tell us that she does talk really fast and it tends to upset her family who will be like, who'll tell her like, calm down, calm down. Okay. Say again. Like she just, again, sure. She's trying to keep up with how fast her brain is going and, you know, comes out really quickly. So she also tells us that she was homeschooled um, and that because of this, she does have a hard time picking up on social cues. So then she also tells us that she has been married twice. Her first marriage, she got a divorce after living together for two months. So I don't know how long they were married for before that happened. She said it just just wouldn't work out. They ended up. And then her second, she says that, and I think it was annulled after maybe 12 hours. So we're out here thinking Britney Spears is the shortest known marriage with her, I think it was her first husband. Yeah. No, I think Holly won. Um, So she tells us that she wanted to combine her dating life with traveling and that's how she met Wayne. And she tells us that Wayne is a licensed plumber and he is 40 years old and he is from Johannesburg, South Africa. And we do see him. We do. We kind of go to where he is and we see him um, and we find out that they're both Jehovah's Witnesses, and that's kind of what connected them. So she decided when she started talking to him, actually, just quickly before we go into that, she does tell us that she met him on a dating website for Jehovah's Witnesses. I didn't know that existed, but it apparently does. So anyway, so she goes to South Africa. About six months after they had been talking, video calling with each other. And she tells us that he proposed after three days of them being together. And she tells us, and he's also kind of, they're kind of going back and forth between the two of them. 
um, them telling the same story. Um, but she tells us that she like ran away from him and he says, I felt like an idiot when she ran away, but she tells us that he ran after her and she immediately said yes. So we're back with her in the barbershop and she's talking to her friend whose name is Sam and Sam does not feel good about her moving to South Africa. Um, so of course we're having that usual talk that every friend of a 90 day or has. So Holly tells us that when she went to South Africa for the first time, Wayne got robbed and the people who robbed them took everything. And she says that when she came back from South Africa, they robbed him again. So then she kind of goes on to explain, which I was actually trying to get some information on this because I never knew this. It was something that we haven't heard before. Um, Yeah, I haven't heard this before. And I was trying to get some information about this because I believe I've mentioned before that my boyfriend is South African, born and raised for good chunk of his life in South Africa. And I tried asking him this question and he didn't really answer my question, <laughs> but he didn't seem to know what they were talking about. But she tells us that they have these blackouts every day in order to help with the overloading of the grid. So because of this, the security systems don't work, which then allows people to be able to go into people's homes and rob them. So back to her conversation with her friend, she says, her friend says that she tends to make a lot of crazy decisions, but Holly says, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be there. I love him. I want to be with him, blah, blah, blah. So then we see... Holly is in a coffee shop. She is attempting to take off her sweater and her hair gets stuck in the sweater while she's trying to take it off. And she then tells us that she hasn't seen Wayne in six months, physically. And she starts video calling with him and he can kind of hear that she sounds like a stuffed up and he says do you have a cold are you sick you okay and she says I think I'm allergic to Utah so he says that he is excited for the honeymoon night Because we find out that they're going to be getting married a week after her arrival. Does this sound at all familiar to anybody? Does anyone remember the last time we were in South Africa with a 90-dayer who also got married after a week? And look how that turned out. Um, So then we learn as well that... They haven't had sex with each other 
they are going to be waiting until marriage. They, she says that, or kind of, they both kind of say that they're not necessarily devout in their religion, but they do want to make sure that things are done the right way this time around, which is why they're deciding to wait. She says to him that, I told my mom that if she doesn't like you, that she needs to tell me, but I think she'll like you. And we find out that her mom is going to be staying with them for three months. Why does does she need to be there for three months? And she tells us that her mom is very devout in her in her in her religion and she wants to make sure that they're doing everything right. So what will happen in the first week before their wedding, her and her mom will be sleeping in his room and he'll be sleeping on the couch. So Wayne tells us that he does look forward to meeting her mom and that he has talked to her or video calls, so that's good. He tells us in their religion, when it comes to dating, they have to have chaperones. Okay. Now, I don't know much about Jehovah's Witnesses and how this works. I know nothing. Um, but this feels very duggery to me. Where they also had to have chaperones for those who watch the show. You know that. I did not watch the show, but I knew enough. <laughs> um, they also had to have chaperones. It gives me that feeling. And I thought to myself while watching this, I'm like, do they have to have side hugs too? Are they not allowed to kiss until the wedding? It just felt very weird because I'm thinking, these are grown adults. <laughs> I think they're grown enough to know what they should and shouldn't do. And they clearly spent time together by themselves already. And according to them, they didn't have sex. So why does her mom need to be there um, to make sure they don't do the wrong thing? Um, but he says that it it can be easy to get into the wrong thing without a chaperone. Already. Holly says that her mother has not liked any of the men that she's been with. That's concerning. And he has, he tells us that he has not told Holly this, but when they get married, her mom's got to go. Because she, he says, like, how do we maneuver once we're married? Um, and your mom is there and he says, I, I need to soundproof the room. And she says, we could just put her in like the furthest room away from us because y'all, she wants to have lots of sex as one does after they get married. You want to have lots of sex and, um, be able to have your privacy in order to do that. So why does your mom need to be there then? I would literally say, okay, mom, bye. I'm going to go fuck my husband now. Like, I, 
it's very weird. Um, maybe her mom's a little bit controlling. I don't know. We haven't met her. Um, but it will be interesting to see the dynamic with her mom. But that's the end of Holly and Wayne. So now we're with Julio and Kirsten. So we find out that Julio is a DJ by night, but he is also a school safety officer by day. He's 27 years old and he lives in Brentwood, New York. He actually grew up in the DR. He's from the DR and he was raised by his mom who was a single mother. He was eight when they moved to the U.S. when she met a man who wanted to marry her. So she was a 90-dayer and before 90 day was a thing, basically. <laughs> and he says that when he moved there, he did not find the American dream. He had a rough time because he didn't know the language. Kids made fun of him because he didn't understand the language. Kids are little shits. But um, he said that he got into music to help him with coping. And he actually started DJing when he was 15 years old. And just kind of by then, he blossomed and he found friends and he became, you know, popular, I guess. And he thrived. And he tells us that he went on his very first trip when he was 18 years old. Uh, that didn't include the, the DR. He tells us that he, or we kind of see that he's been to Iceland. He's been to Thailand, Mexico. Um, he says in total, he's been to 28 different countries. So his girlfriend, we find out, is going to be coming to meet his family. And he shows a picture of her to, I guess he's the owner of the restaurant, or maybe the manager or something of the restaurant that he was DJing at, if you watch the episode. And he tells us that she's 24 and she lives in the Netherlands. He never saw her before he met her in person. We do get a little bit of an explanation on this from her in a bit, but he actually thought he was being catfished. That's how you do it, Tyre. <laughs> Um, but he still went, took the chance, took a leap. At the end of the day, he would have gotten a great trip out of it. So he probably thought of her from that perspective. Um, and he says that he met her at the train station, I think in Amsterdam. And he, you know, thought she was beautiful and 
all that and he's into it and he had a lot of things planned for his trip and meeting her but unfortunately none of those things happened because he had to quarantine due to the lockdowns with covid so they basically just stayed in a hotel and got takeout and watched this was a Christmas special. He said that he watched because that was around the time that he went there. And he did say that it was very awkward in the beginning, but eventually it did get better and they did get comfortable with each other. After that, he says that he would go see her every month. And in this summer, well, I guess it was the previous summer or what, I'm not sure. But one summer, he ended up spending two months living with her. And we kind of see like some videos of them biking to a club. And he says, you know, I've never had to do a workout on the way to the club. Because, <laughs> of course, we see them biking in the other ones where that happens a lot. Um. So he tells us that he has applied for residency and he will be moving to the Netherlands in three months. And he has not told anybody in his life that he is moving. So in the next scene, we see Julio with a friend of his whose name I can't remember. They're playing beer pong, and he tells the friend that Kirsten will be there soon. Julio says that he did not want to, that he never planned on raising a family in the States. He always had the idea that he would move to a different country. And, you know, with him meeting her, and he seems to have liked living there for those two months he was with her this just seemed to kind of work out in his favor and that's why he's moving forward with her so she is going to be meeting his family and we are told by him that he only told his mom about her three weeks ago so it's unclear how long he has known kirsten but unless he did tell us and I just didn't catch it, you're just now telling her? You spent two months there. We find out what his excuse was to his mom when he was there for two months. So he says to his friend that the reason he waited so long was that he didn't feel sure about the relationship yet. And he wanted to be sure before he told his mom he does tell us that he is a mama's boy. Okay. Um, he, his friends, his friend is asking him, so what did you tell your mom when you were there for the two months living with her? Like, what did you say to her? And she was told that he was DJing for two months. And I'm sorry, are you that notable that 
Amsterdam or wherever the hell you were came a knocking on your door and said, we want you to DJ. We want you. We want you. Is that that's what happened? I'm so confused. I just aged myself. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm so confused by that excuse. And you're, and we see his mom later on. She's nobody yet. I don't think she bought that for a second, but, um, we find out that even though he did tell her about Kirsten, she does not know that he is moving to the Netherlands and he is a little afraid to tell her. His friend says that you should have eased her into this so that she's not being bombarded with all this information all at one time. I get that. And he decides, okay, I'm going to, I guess towards the end of their night, he's like, okay, I'm going to take this ball and I'm going to put it in the cup and uh, if it goes in and everything's gonna go great and he misses the cup so um so in the next scene we see julio is with his mom and he's helping her cook and they start talking about kirsten and she says that she accepts her because she is coming from far away in order to meet her and the family. He then starts quizzing her about Kirsten. Like, what's her name? Where's she from? And she's like, you're just telling me about her. If I forget her name, that's your fault. And that is a good point to make. Um... He tells us that he's never brought a woman to meet his mother before. So this is a big deal. She, his mom, feels bad that he felt like he couldn't trust her to tell her about Kirsten. Because she does ask, like, how long have you guys been together? He tells her, so I did really miss (laughs) how long they've been together. And she's like, you only told me about her, like, three weeks ago. Like, what? why couldn't you tell me? So, his mom ends up asking him, would you move there to be with her? And he's kind of dancing around the question a little bit, but... He does say in his in the moment that he was waiting to tell her until Kirsten was there. Like, that's going to make it any better. And, and that his mom's intuition is, you know, coming through and she isn't missing a beat. So he tells her that you knew I didn't want to stay in the States forever. And 
that's pretty much his way, I guess, of saying, yeah, I would move there. And she starts crying. And she's crying a lot. At one point, she kind of, like, faces away from the camera so she can cry. Um, I really fell for her. Um, and she says that she, she clearly seems like a mom who, yes, wants him to stay there and wants, what parent wouldn't want that? Um, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like she's like a mother who would stop their child from doing what they need to do for themselves. So she does say like, I will have to get used to him not being there. So I feel bad for her in that moment. So then we're going to be with Kristen to see her journey and do on to the States. And before we actually see her and we see, you know, the lead up to seeing who it is, I wrote down, um, why is the cow about to fuck that other cow and why did I need to see it? <laughs> the cow literally hoisted himself into position. Wow. Um, so anyways, yeah, we're with Kristen <laughs> and we see her going to get cheese and then we see she's walking her dog and I thought her village is so adorable. I can't remember where she said she's from, but it's a very small a uh, small town that she's from. And she says that um, it's so safe that they don't lock their doors. Okay. All right. For those who are true crime fans, Hal probably had a heart attack when she said this. Because I can't imagine, I don't care where I am, not locking my doors. I don't get it. I, I just don't. I get nervous opening my window. For those people who are true crime fans and maybe listen to true crime podcasts, if you listen to one called Morbid, and if you don't, you should, it's probably my favorite true crime podcast. If you don't listen to them. One of the things they say is that fresh air is for dead people. I hate opening my window. So you damn well know I'm not leaving my door unlocked. I was like, ooh, no. <laughs> no. Because some crazy person can come through your small town and do crazy things. Anyway, she tells us that she works in HR. And, but she, you know, she still has a lot of fun. She goes clubbing, she hangs out with her friends, you know, all that. And we kind of hear her, and we think, is this an accent thing? But she says, no, she knows she's not dumb that his name isn't. Julio, it's Julio, she's well aware, but she says that he prefers to be called Julio because he thinks it sounds more European and he thinks it sounds better. 
And I got very nervous when she said this because I'm like, if she calls him Julio in front of his mom and his mom finds out that you are okay with this and the reason why you're okay with this, she's going to lose her mind. I don't like, I I have no issues with him or her. I think they're going to be fine. I... I'm all for him wanting to move and live different. I get it. I'm not coming for that. But you are who you are and you should be happy with who you are. The fact that he wants to change the sound of his name in order to fit in, that's that's problematic to me. That is not good when I heard that. It was the only red flag. And it's not a red flag about their relationship. I think they're happy. I think that's a red flag with him. And he needs to maybe think about that. Like, he really does. But she tells us that she never FaceTimed with him because she was insecure about her accent. Um, so she just always declined doing video calls. And we see her about to board a train that's going to be taking her to the airport. And it's like, six o'clock in the morning there's no one else around it's literally deserter um so she does tell us that she has been to the states before she went to miami um they went to miami together and but she's never been to new york and she says that she has absolutely no interest in moving to the states and that's fine because he has no interest in staying So we see him on the way to pick her up and he's in the airport waiting for her and he gets a text from her and we find out that Customs has taken her passport and they won't give it back to her. He does try calling her and she doesn't answer, but she does call him back. And he says, like, do you have your passport? She says no. And she feels like they are treating her like a criminal and says, I need to call you back and just hangs up on him. And that's basically all we see with them. It's kind of the end of it. We're kind of left in this limbo of does she or doesn't she get a passport back? Spoiler alert, she does get it back. We do see her and him meeting at the airport. So I think she does get it back. Um, Or she's at least able to leave. But my thing is, is that I I forgot while watching this that she had actually been to the States before. Why are they flaying her? Clearly, she's been here before. She stayed the amount of time that she was supposed to stay, and she left, and she went back home. So she's not a risk. Anyway, but that is the end of Julio and Kirsten. So now we are with our final couple of this episode. My favorite couple ever, 
Kenny and Armando. I'm so excited to be talking about them. I love them so much. Um, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've gotten emotional about their story. I love them. And I'm so excited to talk about them. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so the first scene that we have with them, you're literally questioning, I'm like, am I in Texas? Colorado? Where am I? No, we are in Mexico. And Kenny was struggling to get on his horse. And Armando says, you need help, old man? <laughs> and he says, shut up. <laughs> so they are going horseback riding. And I hate myself, but was I the only one that was thinking this is a broke back mountain moment? Was I the only one? Anyway. <laughs> um, and I said, the view is beautiful. And Kenny says, like, says the same thing. The view is amazing. And Armando says, yeah, you can't get this anywhere else. Hint, hint, hint. So then we're in the arc and the in the moment. And Kenny says, I'm Kenny and I'm 22. <laughs> and he says, no, I'm not. I'm 60. So Kenny is 60. Armando, I believe he's 35 now. Am I wrong? Mm, my 30s. I don't remember how old he is now. But anyway, um... They're so adorable. Okay. <laughs> um, so we see Hannah. She's nine years old. She's gotten so big, but she's still adorable as she was when we last saw her. And as we will see later on, her English has gotten phenomenal. So she seems to be fairly fluent now in English. Yet Kenny has not learned any Spanish um, or knows very little. So we do at one point see um, all three of them in the car dancing like crazy. And it's very reminiscent of probably one of my favorite scenes of their story, which didn't even really include Armando. It was just Kenny was him while he was traveling to Mexico just dancing all the way there um so it was very reminiscent of that scene um so we find out that they've been married for two years we do see some clips on their wedding and he kind of says love is love and there's the fireworks that he surprised Armando with and their wedding was so much fun I would have loved to be there um, so we see Kenny walking back into their room wearing this disco rainbow shirt and this and a headband that matches. And Armando is mortified and says, What are you wearing? And he's like, Well, I was thinking of bringing it to Mexico City, you never know when you might need it. And Armando just trolls the hell out of him and says, why would you need, need that? And 
he's like, okay, fine. So he changes, he comes back and he's like, is this better? And he's just wearing like a regular, like red zipped up hoodie. But as Kenny comes back into the room, he's coming in with this handful of skincare products. And Armando's like, is that all the same thing? And he says, no, they're all different. You need to be able to switch it up. That's how you keep your skin looking good. Noted. So they are going to be going to Mexico City for a trial run. Because for those who remember from the previous season, we saw them in, um, which was a while ago, or if you haven't seen the episode or their season at all, Kenny wants to move to Mexico City. He thinks it will be more inclusive to them. He thinks there'll be more opportunities for them in Mexico City. He also thinks it would be safer for them because the fact that it'll be inclusive, I don't know. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, Armando is not at all thrilled about this. He says that he is a small town boy. Um, and he prefers a small town lifestyle and where they currently live is also a very small town. So he's not very thrilled at all about this. He thinks that it's safer where there are, um, they know their neighbors and all of that. And he thinks it'll just be better, but Kenny, you know, wants to do this. So Mondo is kind of relenting. Um, Kenny, at one point before changing his Rambo shirt, looks at himself in the mirror because he thinks he looks cool. <laughs> um, I think it's before he took the Rambo shirt off. It might have been after. Who knows? Um, then Armando brings up the idea of them expanding their family. So again, this is another plot point that's come up before. Um, in their previous season, for those who didn't watch, um, they did look at potentially adopting and the process for them as a gay couple to adopt a child would be just as difficult, if not even more so difficult than when they even tried to get a marriage certificate or marriage license in order to get married in the first place. So they were looking into possible surrogacy instead um, which means a brand new baby, which means that Kenny was a little bit or a lot of bit hesitant on going that route because again, he is 60 years old. Um, and again, just to kind of go back a little bit, Armando, he made a, a mention to the fact that he has Hannah, who is his biologically. And again, for those actually who don't know, who didn't watch the show, Hannah is biologically Armando's child. He had he came out later in in his life. He was married originally to a woman who then when she and maybe I'm reiterating this incorrectly, but when she found out that Armando was gay because he did come out to her, she uh, lost her ever-loving shit and tried to run him off the road with her car and then turn ended up killing herself. 
So yeah, that's the story, the background with Armando uh, very quickly. Um, but yes, Hannah's biologically his. So Armando wanted to have a child that would be biologically Kenny's because, well, Kenny is older. Kenny will most likely pass away before Armando. So he wanted to be able to have something that is Kenny's. That's was his reasoning for wanting another child. Um, so Armando tells us that there's been absolutely no movement on the expanding their family, but we do find out that they will be planning to go to clinics in order to do investigations on that, see what that's all about while they're in Mexico city, because Kenny brings up a good point that the options are very limited where they are. Mexico city is a huge city. There's more opportunities that could potentially help with expanding their family. But as we hear Kenny say, he feels very pressured into doing this. He says age is an issue. He said that he was done having kids. So again, Kenny has four biological children himself. Um, I won't go too much into his past with his kind of having kids, but he did um, have a friend, I think, carry the children with for him. And he has, uh, I think, three three of them are triplets. So three out of his kids are, are triplets. So he, he said he was done. He was going to have any more. And his children are grown. He was done. So he didn't want more kids. So he feels very pressured into doing this. And Armando says that if age and time was the issue, why not do it now? Okay, so here's my thing. And I love Armando very much. But Armando, you knew what you were getting yourself into. Marrying a man who is much older than you. And you knew that him making this kind of decision would be not an easy one for him to make. You can't then decide to change up the rules because you want to have children. He is 60 years old. He isn't a spring chicken. He's going to have to do the late nights again with the baby. He's going to have to, you know, keep his energy up in order to keep up with the child. And then not to mention, God only knows how much more time he has on earth. He might die younger than he thinks he would. And his child could end up being very young, losing uh, their father. He might not be around if that child says they're going to get married, you know, or graduate from high school or something. Like there, there are things that he will miss out on with this child potentially, and that child can miss out on. And then not to mention when he has these four older children who have had their opportunity of being around with their father and him being a part of that, of their lives in that way. That can also cause tensions 
even Hannah, who didn't really go very long in life without Kenny. She was very young when their relationship started. She also won't miss out on the same in the same way that maybe this child would. It could become very problematic. So I hear what he's saying. I also hear what Amando's saying, but I don't know. I I don't I don't know. Um so then we see them traveling to Mexico City and Hannah keeps saying, Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> um and we find out that they have been traveling for five days. And then we find out from Kenny that you know, the opportunity of them living in Mexico City is going to be very different. Um, he tells us that the nearest grocery store is 20 minutes away where they currently live. That Hannah's school is 45 minutes away. And that there isn't even a traffic light where they live. So they literally live in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So they do get there. They get to their condo and they're on this balcony and not really much of a view to see um but obviously armando is very hesitant of them being there he doesn't want to be there and you know yeah but that is the end of the episode I think this season is going to be really, really good. I'm really excited for it. I was a little unsure what we were going to be getting with this season after the season. The last season literally just ended, but it looks really good. Okay, but before we end it off, this season on, toe. (laughs) So very quickly, we see the clairvoyant chick driving in India, you're really brave. And we see that she hit somebody <laughs> while she's driving. Um, we see Brandon is going to be planting rice. And he does mention that, well, there's probably also water buffalo poop down there. So um, we see Kenny and Armando are going to be at a gay club and Armando has his hands on that guy's butt, and yeah, (laughs) we have the new couple, the one who is from Turkey, I don't remember their names, but we'll see them eventually, Um, and again, I'm going to be using the same nicknames that I use for these two people, um, because I listen to Reality Gaze, and it just sticks, because it fits, it really does. So we see Miserable Bitch and Big Dick are back, and um, he wants her to, she wants him to say thank you for things, and he literally says, why? <laughs> um, because she's a miserable bitch. Anyway, um, Wayne is hiding things from Holly, we find out. And she basically takes off and she leaves and she's able to get out from the, because he lives in a gated community. Um, most people do. Um, and 
she just takes off. Um, then we see Mary is crying and he is telling her, talking to her about trust. And he wants people to feel trusted. And she basically just says, well, then find someone else. And she says, like, she can't breathe. So dramatic. And then we're back with the clairvoyant girl. And we see that there is going to be different family issues. Because apparently his brother doesn't like her. And they're, like, arguing. And he says, postpone the wedding or cancel the wedding or whatever. And drama. Anyway, that is the end of the episode. And guys, if you liked what you heard, please share Reality Tea Times 2 with everyone in your life. Share the joy of of this podcast. Um, also, if you liked what you heard, make sure that you follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. If you want to rate and review us, which I would greatly appreciate, that helps with helps with our growth. Uh, you can do so on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you want to listen to our podcast on YouTube, you can do so at Reality Tea Times Two. You can connect with us on either Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times Two. You can also email us if you want to reach out at Reality Tea Times Two at hotmail.com. You can also visit our website, which again I say this every episode, is a very beginner website where you can listen to all of the episodes and you can also get links to our Facebook and Instagram and YouTube pages. And the website is realitytimes2.aludu.com. And all of this information, it will be in our show notes. And again, just before we end this off, I do want to say thank you to everyone who has listened. The growth in the last few weeks has been so amazing. I greatly appreciate it. Let's keep it up. I am amazed at the listenership that we have so far and I really appreciate it. So I wanted to say that. Um, but that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye.